Hello, inmates, and welcome back to the Cell Block Scorch. I'm Cricket, and I won this week. The prompt was given by Bones. Lamentable Justice. The Fall of Samson. There are some things that simply must be done, no matter how undesirable. Sometimes that's cleaning your bedroom or completing all of the boring paperwork that goes with your actually fantastic job. Sometimes it's calling in sick or breaking up with someone. And sometimes... It's arresting your best friend. That last one, while admittedly much more uncommon, is maybe the worst. I don't think we realized we'd ever get here, Ryder and I, but I'm poised outside of his house with my team. We have our confirmation that he's there from our insider, Chief, and I'm stealing my nerves to give the signal to rush the place. It's a normal-looking house, I've noticed. The door is the same light blue as the one on the house where I grew up, right across the street from Ryder. Inseparable. Almost every day, without fail, I'd be at his place or he'd be at mine. Our mothers never had to look for us, because if we weren't home, we were always just across the street. Backyard adventures, bicycles and bug hunting, snow forts and snowball fights. But I'm getting distracted. I shake my head and force myself back into the moment. My team is all looking at me, waiting on the signal. And I'm not here to arrest Ryder, the boy across the street. I'm here to arrest Samson, violent gang boss, notorious criminal, wanted in several countries. By all accounts, he's a far cry from the wimp I used to know, the kid who cried every time he skinned his knee and was afraid of the dark and... Focus! All right, team, this is it, I murmur into my microphone. You all know the plan. J on point and Q on the rear. D's hanging outside to guard. Going in three, two, one. The five of us rush the house. I know D is chilling in the oak tree, keeping watch, ready to alert us at the first sign of trouble. J pushes open the unlocked door, because Ryder has never locked his doors, ever, and leads us inside. We're not worried about security. D's been working on it for weeks, and there's no way we'll have an issue. I walk in just behind J, and I'm aware of Lo and X on either side of me, scoping out the surprisingly normal living room we've just entered. A second or two, then I'm aware of Q easing the door shut behind us. Walking carefully, my attention is focused forward. On my left, X tenses, and then asks quietly, Boss, is that you? I look to the left, and there's a wall covered in pictures. X is staring at the one from high school graduation. Man, Ryder's haircut was awful, and it's still better than mine. But that photo is just one of many starring the dream team of Ryder and Al. The other friends and family members in the pictures switch out, but I'm in almost all of them, all the way through college. Awkward. Maybe I should have told the crew. Boss, X asks. Do you know him? The whole team has stopped and they're all waiting on my answer. X is tense. J is ready to move on. Q just staring, unblinking. Um, yeah, or I did, I shrug. But it's been a long time. Lo reaches out and puts a hand on my arm. Are you going to be okay doing this? course. We have a job to do, I say, and start walking again. Samson needs to go down. Jay quickly takes point, and we make our way down the stairs. I know Lo was worried about me, but I put that aside to focus. Through a hallway, then we turn the corner and see a TV playing a movie. Samson is sitting on the couch, awfully cozy with our chief. Oh boy, I knew chief would do a good job, but not that good. Man, chief, really? Q mutters from behind me, just as Jay steps forward. Samson. Jay says, menacing. He pauses his movie and turns to look, surprise flicking across his face. On order of the FBI, you're under arrest. Are you going to come quietly? Ryder. No, not Ryder. Samson. 
sighs as annoyance settles into his being. Lee, let's take him out, he says, standing up and coming towards us. I can feel Jay and Q itching for the fight, and then Samson's eyes land on me and he stops. Ow, what? What is this? He tilts his head like he used to do at math problems. Why are you here? I've come to take you down, Samson. You need to be stopped. The look of betrayal that fills his eyes is enough to break my heart, just before Chief steps up behind him and knocks him unconscious. My best friend on the floor. Tears fill my eyes, and I tell Jay and Q to carry him out. Okay, so this is Bones. I was the judge for this scorch. Um, I was the one who gave the prompt, obviously, lamentable justice. Um, and both of the pieces submitted for this week were so good. Just the exact type of tragic, inevitable horror that I, I wanted from this. Um, the difference that really made Crickets the winner uh, in the end was probably the nature of the tragedy. So Pesci wrote about someone lamenting their own punishment, even though it was necessary. Um, and it was good, but this... This was the tragedy I wanted. The interpersonal drama. The betrayal. The decision to uphold your moral values even when it means taking down someone you considered a friend. Now that is tragic. And I am thriving on it. I just really love the the entire thing of of one or both people just knowing that their friendship that has been going on for years is coming to an end because of one of their decisions and it's it's so good and it's so sad um yeah that's that's really all i had to say i just i just really enjoyed this piece it was tragic and i loved it thanks for listening all right. I want to talk a little bit about this piece because I did some things that I feel like were really interesting in it. I remember really clearly, and I don't know why I had this idea in particular, but I wanted to write about a group of people and see if I could do it without using any pronouns. If you go back in the piece, you'll look and see that the only the only people with specific pronouns are um, Al, the POV character, and uh, Ryder, or Samson, who is gendered masculine. He is he, him pronouns. But Al, because it's the POV, doesn't have any gender specifically in the piece. Um, and all of the rest of the people, I avoided ever using a pronoun. Using a group made it easier to do that because you can have, you need to clarify who's speaking all the time. But I did a little bit of like, you know, Jay touched Q's arm where I like maybe wouldn't have. It was just like an interesting little experiment I wanted to do. Um, and it's funny because I feel like reading this back, it kind of feels like the start of like baby's allyship. Not that I was like that young at the time. I was back in 2018, just kind of really starting to understand like, I don't know, like being genderqueer or what it meant to be trans. I was starting to like get to know people and like understand a little bit more about that experience, even though it's not mine. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, this is kind of reflected in this piece where if I wrote it today, I think I would just lean more into having some of these lovely people have genders that weren't, that aren't the binary instead. 
or I might be more comfortable giving binary genders to some of them if I knew that some of them didn't have them. I feel, I don't know. I just, I think I would hit it differently. I also like, I love like, you know, a cool team dynamic. I have little backstories about all of the team's names and what their different specialties are and stuff. And I want to use them in more stories. I only have one other one with them at this point, which is kind of funny. Another thing that would be different about this if I wrote this now is they wouldn't work for the FBI. This is like a criminal heist team or something. They wouldn't work for the FBI because like ACAB, obviously (laughs) that is something that my feelings have really developed differently on in the last six years. Uh, R.E. Like the government and police forces. So that would definitely be different now, but I still really like this piece. And I like, you know, I love a love a tragic relationship. I'm a sad, I'm a sad hours girl. So I love this idea of, you know, like, I love this idea of childhood friends who end up on opposite sides of something. And it's so, it's upsetting for both of them that this is what they have come to. But like with the choices that they made, it was inevitable that they would come to this. Which I will say, having one of them be like, you know, government slash cop aligned does make that really really satisfactory love this piece though so fun so glad i got to share it with all of you Uh, my prompt for the next week (laughs) i'm exposing everybody right now um 2018 well it would have been 2017 because 2017 was the start of the school year but 2018 was in the middle of the school year when we started the scorch but anyways that was when i started watching anime which is so stupid because like i loved studio ghibli movies like always had like truly always had i don't remember the first time i saw howl's moving castle as far as i'm concerned that movie has always been something that i love and something i really loved about the ghibli movies about howl's moving castle and spirited away and kiki's delivery service was like the animation style like i thought it was so beautiful and i had always been like ugh, i wish there was like more of this i could watch like other things animated this way I also knew that like anime was a whole thing, but I somehow the dots never connected. But Bones watched anime and then was like, y'all have to start, y'all gotta watch, you're gonna like this. And we started watching Fairy Tale, which is an intense starter anime, um, but we were working our way through it that year. And I got obsessed with some of the characters. And so then we're doing this dumb little writing project and I was like, you know what? Not at this time, I don't think the Scorch is dumb, but like... <laughs> What I did was dumb. I was like, I can just make things happen that I want to have happen. I talk more about it in the episode, but we'd been joking about this idea of these particular characters running like a coffee shop. And so then I was like, I'm just going to make this happen. So I demanded that they write me fairy tale fan fiction. And the prompt I gave them was to make this coffee shop exist. So I was like, write a fanfic taking place in Hibiki's Perfection Lattes. Must involve all three trimens, at least one mention of Ichia, and two other fairy tale characters. Um, so if you don't know the anime fairy tale, you're not going to know all the characters, but I promise you will have a good time with the episode next, whenever it goes, because like, Bones and Peishi both did <laughs> such a good job. This was the first time fan fictions were demanded. It will not be the last, but um, I hope you all enjoy that as much as I did. <laughs> Hey inmates, this is Bones with a quick announcement before episode end. We have officially got our Patreon up and running. Right now we've got a free option in which you can read the episode transcripts and winning scorches, 
Or for $5 a month, you can become a Spark level supporter with access to the backlog of Losing Scorches as well. So now you can help us keep our fire burning, whether it's through monetary support or just a show of support and appreciation by joining the free tier, all are welcome. Thank you, and we hope to see you there. The Cellblock Scorch is a production of Stellacore, an independent group of nerds sharing their obsessions with the world. We can be reached at thestellacore at gmail.com, through comments on your podcast platform of choice, our Instagram, Stella underscore core, and at our YouTube, also called Stellacore. Feel free to check out our other productions on our YouTube channel, our cosplays on Instagram, or if you would like to support our creative endeavors, check out our Patreon or donate to the Ko-Fi of the writer of your favorite scorches.